All right, here we go. I was having some difficulties with my sound. Sounds terrible coming through my headset and my speakers. I don't know what's going on there, but it sounds pretty good on the other side, or at least better than what it does here. So anyway, I don't know. Got to work on it. Still recovering from World of Wheels. Three days of walking around, taking photos. Most of the, I think my photos came out pretty good. The only problem is my colors and a lot of the cars were wrong. I didn't get them exactly. I was quite a bit off on some of them, actually. They had such unique colors. So, I don't know. Just have to deal with it. have to get better. I think it's that lighting. I'm not used to that lighting. You know, I just got to think more about it and pay more attention. I got some educating to do on myself. And uh, we'll go from there. So, roll the wheels. You want to see the video? You want to see the photos? Go to TWK, Trucking with Kingfish. It's TWK, Trucking with Kingfish. There's two versions. Version one is uh, about 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes on YouTube. That's just my car club. And then if you go to version two, it'll have that plus everything. It'll be the whole show. So I recommend you see version two. That comes out Monday the 21st. Keeping that hammer down all across the nation. Checking cities off his list. Sharing stories of the road right here on his station. You are listening to the Kingfish. Yes, you've tuned in to the Kingfish Radio Network. Mm. Expand your mind on the open road with Kingfish right here. Well, this is something really stupid. This was from earlier in the month because I missed last week. March 8th. Okay, here we go. March 8th. Uh, two drivers got into an altercation over shitty driving. And uh, this 49-year-old man and a 51-year-old man. And they got off at the, you know, the exit 107 uh, I-80. It looks like the exit 107 I-80. Anyway, uh, you know, the Flying J. It used to be Bosselman's. Was it a Bosselman's? Yeah, I think it was a Bosselman's. Something like that, anyway. It used to be something else. I don't remember what it was. Anyway, I think it was Bosselman. Anyway, they got off at the 107. Is it 106, 107? Well, anyway, that area. And, you know, they pulled out their guns and they started shooting at each other. Uh, they each fired like five or six rounds and totally missed the other guy. So obviously they, they have no idea what they're doing. And, uh, you know, the, the bond for one of them was set for $100,000. Here's what it is. Someone's driving crazy. They want to piss you off. Just back off. Okay, just back off. And it, this is not worth it. It's going to cost these guys both a lot of money. They might even see some jail time. All right, this isn't trucking, but it is transportation, sort of. All right. I don't know if you guys know the story of Ernest Shackleton, but Ernest Shackleton was like one of the greatest explorers ever. He never actually accomplished what he was trying to do, but he went through some survival stuff that was just insane. Like when he went to the Antarctic, he was going to cross over, you know, he was going to go on over the Antarctic on foot. But what happened was is the ship got stuck in ice and then the ice crushed the ship, and the ship sunk. That was the endurance. The endurance was the last, I believe it was Norwegian, the last Norwegian whaling ship ever built. 
you know, the, the sturdy, heavy whaling ship. These guys were out there for like, I think it was almost two years. Now keep in mind, they only had enough cold weather gear for half the guys because the ship was supposed to sail back and Shackleton was able to keep all his guys alive. The only thing they lost were a few toes, things like that. You know, it, it's just amazing. And then they, you know, they were able to find the ship because they made use of the coordinates from Captain Frank Worsley. You know, he wrote them down when the ship sank. Captain Frank Worsley was just a phenomenal, apparently, with navigation. You know, just, just amazing. So anyway, the vessel ended up being located just four miles south of those coordinates at a depth of almost 10,000 feet in the Whittle Sea. But the amazing part of the discovery is the shipwreck is so well preserved that even the name of the ship can still be clearly seen across the stern. So I'm looking at a photo, and you can clearly see the name of the ship, the Endurance, across the back. It's just amazing. You know, they, they say it's one of the, the, the most well-preserved wooden ships ever uh, discovered, you know, because of the cold weather, you know. The, the preservation is beyond imagination, Munson Bond, director of exploration at the Falklands Marine Heritage Trust, told NBC News on Wednesday, it's virtually intact. We are overwhelmed by our good fortune having located and captured images of the Endurance. This is by far the finest wooden shipwreck I've ever seen. And then it says one factor that likely played a huge role in the ship's preservation was the super cold water temperatures of the Weddell Sea. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine that had a lot to do with it. So, you know, the endurance, man, it's like literally one of the, the, the most amazing stories ever told. You know, it's going to be exciting. A few years ago, they found a couple of bottles of rum that was in a camp and they re. I don't know, I redid it. It was Shackleton's, you know, rum. I don't know, you know. They thought his crew was dead. This all happened during World War One. reason why I'm mentioning it is because I find the story fascinating. And two, I'm a huge fan of Ernest Shackleton. His leadership style is just amazing. Not one, almost on the edge for two years. Didn't lose one human being. Not one. Just a few toes. Ernest Shackleton. Definitely a hero. There's no doubt about that. So, I don't know. We'll have to go with that. So, I wonder what what treasures they'll find on this ship. Because when they left the ship, they weren't allowed to take much with them. In fact, it was like, like one thing. You know, it's just... It was, it was just... I don't know. It's just an amazing adventure. I imagine they'll never be able to, to lift her out of the water after all these years, but... I mean, it was 107 years ago, but it would be interesting. I have a, I have a book on the ship. The photographer on that on that boat, made, you know, they put it into a book. It's fascinating. Look at All right. This is something interesting. The FMCSA eliminates rule requiring truck drivers to submit list of traffic violations to employers. So that yearly violation thing you got to fill out for your employer, eh, don't have to do it anymore. You're moving on. They finally did something that actually made sense. So, but keep in mind, your employer still has to check up on you. So, you know, just keep that in mind. Well, this should be interesting. Pilot to spend $1 billion to remodel and upgrade over 400 of its locations. Huh. Yeah, I'm all for that. That should be interesting. Good deal. We like that. 
400 of its locations. A billion dollars. It's a lot of money. Well, I'll be enjoying it. Hopefully they'll start with the bathrooms. I say start with the bathrooms. All right. You always got to have a list, right? There's always, oh, what's going on there? Peter's going crazy. All right. There's always a list. Always a list. So what do independent truck stops in eastern Kansas and a store in the middle of Pennsylvania that is part of one of the largest travel centers companies in the U.S. have in common? Truckers like them both a lot. All right. So independent truck stops. This is the top independent truck stops, okay? Uh, what's going on here? Okay. Yeah, here we go. Independent truck stops. Number five. Truck World Stop Hubbard, Ohio. I haven't been there. Number four, Russell's ND Truck and Travel Center, Glen Rio, New Mexico. It's on the east side of uh, New Mexico. It's when you first get in there, just right, you know, before you get to the port of entry. It's a fabulous place. They got a beautiful, beautiful car museum in there. It's just fantastic. In fact, I got some photos up on the YouTube channel. I think I'm pretty sure I do. Go check it out. Number three, Boise Stage Stop, Boise, Idaho. Yeah, that's a good one. Nice. It's a pretty big place. Got a lot of showers. Got a lot of food. Um, been there quite often. Big, great. I love the place. All uh, right. Big Apple, number three, number two, Big Apple Travel Center, Shavlin, Missouri. Yeah, I'm not sure what the Big Apple is. I, I go through there all the time, and I didn't even know there was a Big Apple Travel Center there. So I'll have to check that one out. And number one, Birch Travel Plaza. Wellsville, Kansas. That's another one I don't know. I don't go through Kansas a lot. I'll have to check that out. Now, the chain places. Is there anything to love about the chain places? They're all the same, aren't they? Uh, number five. Love's Travel Stop. And number 814, Hamilton, Alabama. Never been there. Uh, number four, TA, Truck Stop America, Oakley, uh, Kansas. I'm not sure if I've ever been there either. Uh, number three. Rocky Mountain Truck Centers of Little America, Green River, Wyoming. Hmm. Rocky Mountain Truck Centers of Green River, Wyoming. Huh. Is that the, is that, you know, what do they mean? Is that Little America at uh, the 67, I'm wondering? It's a nice place. Or is that the Little America on the other side? I'm guessing it's the one on the west side. I never knew the name of the town. If it is, it's a nice place. And clean bathrooms. Always bathrooms are a winner for me. Number two, Love's Travel Stop, Bliss, Idaho. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. I don't know why it would be a favorite, but it's a good one. I mean, it's okay. There's nothing special about it that I can think of. And then number one is the Pilot Travel Center in Mill Hall, Pennsylvania. Uh, never been there, so I'm not sure why that would be on the list. But those are all right, looks like the FMCSA has updated the ruling on what you can put on your windshield, you know, like GPS, dash cam, stuff like that. Not that anybody really pays much attention to that. I don't even think they do. So in a final rule published in the Federal Register on March 7, 2022, the FMCSA stated the agency would amend regulation to increase the allowable area for mounting vehicle safety technologies from the current allowed four inches from the distance below the upper edge of the area swept by the windshield wipers. That's, well, that's the old rule, so it doesn't matter, but four inches from the distance below the upper edge of the air swept by the windshield wipers. Who comes up with these rules? Under the new rule, 
The allowable area is 8.5 inches below the upper edge of the area swept by the windshield wipers. So from the upper edge of where your windshield wipers hit, you can, you know, you can go 8.5 inches below that. Uh, well, well, that's okay. That rule when it will go into effect on May 6, 2022. The final rule was issued in response to a rulemaking petition filed in 2019 by Daimler Trucks North America. Probably because they're the safety cameras and all that stuff they put in there. Now, the regulation requiring that antennas and similar devices must not be mounted more than six inches below the upper edge. It must be outside of the driver's sight line so the road and highway signs and signals remains in place. So your antennas and stuff like that, that's all the same. So, I don't know if you have any questions about it. Well, earlier this month, it looks like Yellow Corporation. I'm not sure what they're called. What are they? Uh, Yellow YRC? Uh, who knows anymore? It keeps changing on a weekly basis, it seems like. So that's a lot of money to change your name. Anyway, uh, the, the uh, <laughs> Yellow Corporation settles decade-old dispute with the United States government. Basically, the government was accusing them of overcharging. That's what it was. So, yeah, it's kind of a big deal on weights. So the Yellow Corporation is pleased to announce that it has reached agreement with the United States government, settling a nearly 13-year-old civil litigation with the Department of Defense relating to credits for the reway of certain freight shipments between 2005 and 2013, all of which predate current management. <laughs> I love how they put that out there. Yeah, that all predates current management. Of course it does. Yeah, none of you guys work there. Anyway, yeah, except the people in management probably were the ones doing all the way because they weren't, you know, they hadn't moved up yet. You know, that's funny. So I'm not saying they were, I'm just saying, you know. In reaching that agreement, Yellow admitted no liability while denying the government's core allegations. The agreement will enable the company and its 30,000 freight professionals to remain centrally focused. Basically, the government's going to get off their back and they're going to have to pay a fine. And it didn't say here in the statement what the finance, but I heard it was like six point seven million, six point five million, something like that. Well, this is a strange story. I'm not really sure what to think of this one. But you know, we had the big convoy, or little convoy, big convoy, what do you want to call it? They went to Washington DC and some bicyclist got in front of the convoy and just slowly rode his bike in front of him, slowing him down. I guess they were upset, you know, they're honking a horn and wanted to get by. And, but I'm thinking you, your convoy was all about slowing down traffic and getting attention, and this guy just slowed you down even more. So what's, you know, was he doing you a favor? You know, I, I kind of wonder about that, you know. Was he doing you a favor? I don't know. I don't get it. So <laughs> just... You know, there's just too many nonsense things going on with that. I'll be glad. All right, this is a big deal. The Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration Thursday, March 17th, announced the launch of a women's trucking advisory board to recruit support and ensure the safety of women, commercial motor vehicle drivers, and the trucking industry at large. The launch of the advisory board was mandated by the bipartisan infrastructure law and part of the Biden-Harris Trucking Action Plan, which aims to improve job equality and recruit more people to the trucking professional, to truck driving profession. The FMS, oh, I'm screwing this up. The FMCSA said the 
WATAB will coordinate with trucking companies, nonprofit organizations, and trucking associations to support women in trucking. The board will provide recommendations to the administrator of FMCSA and the Secretary of Transportation, as well as, as tackles many areas, including evaluating barriers and trends that include women in trucking across the country and ways to support women pursuing careers in trucking. Well, you know, here's a big one. Put bathrooms in the places where they deliver to. That'll that'll improve trucking for men and women. All right, men can sneak off, but women, eh, not so much. Identifying opportunities to expand roles for women, increase the number of women in the trucking industry. I don't know what roles you can expand to. I mean, you, it's just they can do all the same ones the men do. Those are the roles that are available. I can't think of one that a woman could do couldn't do. It's all the same, really. Advising on policies to provide education, training, mentorship, or outreach to women in the trucking industry. Yeah, I think uh, the more mentors are the paving the way, sure, why not? Reviewing opportunities to enhance safety, training, mentorship, and education. Well, the mentorship, I, there they go again with that. I think that's going to be the most important thing. And the board will include a minimum of eight members with diverse backgrounds, experience, and certifications to provide balanced point of views. The group will include... Women representing small, mid-sized, and large trucking companies. Nonprofit organizations in the trucking industry, trucking business associates, and independent owner-operators and professional truck drivers, and an institution of higher education or truck trade school. Basically, they want to get around it, you know, a nice group, you know, so they can figure out what's going on. So it's going to be interesting. Members uh, serve without pay, and uh, they should pay these people. It's going to probably take a lot of their time. Members serve without pay and are chosen from a field of qualified candidates for two-year terms. Should you wish to apply or nominate someone for membership, please email the following materials to WOTAB, that's WOTAB, WOTAB at DOT.gov. That's D, not D, that's WOTAB at DOT.gov, WOTAB at DOT.gov. And what they want is a letter expressing your interests, qualifications, uh, specify some of the following membership categories, large trucking company, more than 100 power units, mid trucking company, 11 to 100, small, 1 to 10 trucks. Are you a nonprofit as an organization? Are you a trucking business associate? Are you an independent owner operator? Are you a female professional driver, an institution of higher education or trucking school graduate? Another related role within the trucking industry, dispatcher, trucking company owner, I would imagine. Female trucking company owner would be priceless to these people. So then, you know, fill out a resume of relevant work experience and then one letter of recommendation from someone who knows you and your professional accomplishments firsthand. This can be a supervisor or a colleague. Well, it looks like, uh, you know, they, the trucking convoy, they met with uh, Senators Cruz and Ron Johnson. Well, I don't, I don't have much use for Cruz. You know, since he took off for Mexico during a crisis in his home state. And as far as Senator Ron Johnson goes, he's uh, my senator here in Wisconsin. He's completely useless. Basically, what he does is whenever there's a camera to be out, he shows up. Or when it's election time, the rest of the time, he's gone. Once his, He's up for re-election right now. Once his election's over, we won't see him for another six years. If he ever runs again, he was on, promised he'd only run twice. But now he's going to run a third term. I don't know. So, Ron Johnson would definitely be not my first choice. The, you know, he's completely useless. But 
you know, hey, that's who they got, right? Rod Johnson and Ted Cruz. Oh, my God. You know, you're going to go all that way. It's... All right. Yes, the number of vehicles involved in that, uh, Missouri, you know, southwest Missouri near Charleston, uh, 8 a.m. in dense fog was 50 to 135, some of which caught on fire. Uh, it's just unbelievable. I think what I heard it was 70 vehicles. Anyway, the crash began in the southbound lanes of I-57 and spilled over on the medium and northbound lanes. At least 20 emergency services from Missouri, Missouri, Illinois, and Kentucky responded to the scene. It wasn't until 5 a.m. the next day that they were had it reopened. So if you're one of those poor people that got stuck in that mess, just, I don't know. Just, well, there's a horrific story. I mean, I, yeah, this one hits kind of home a little bit. Anyway, I've been a sleeper team driver 26, 27 years now. I've thought about hurting my co-drivers. I mean, you know, get to fight, had some bad ones. Got a good one now, but I uh, never did want to do this. So a trucker accused of killing co-driver and dumping body outside of interstate. A truck driver has been arrested after police say he murdered his co-driver and dumped the body in a roadside ditch. The trucker was arrested Tuesday, March 15th in Arlington, Texas, according to 13 WTHR News. Cleaning crews were working on Interstate 65 in White County, just south of State Road 18, on March 8th, when they spotted a body in a roadside ditch. For their investigation, that the body, 63-year-old Aristide Garcia of Los Angeles, had been reported missing by his trucking company in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I'm guessing it's CRST. You know, so it means they were both new drivers. That's a guess, though. I don't know that. Investigators identified the man's co-driver, 44-year-old Miguel Ibergerin of Miami, Florida, as a suspect and has since taken him into custody. Ibergerin is currently jailed in Texas while he waits extradition to Indiana. Wow, what a way to throw away your life. And probably two new drivers who are just trying to get ahead and who knows. Don't kill your co-driver. Okay. It's talking about cars. It's all about transportation, not just trucking. You know, if it interests me and it's transportation, we're going to talk about it. Doesn't mean it's always going to interest everybody, though. So this is an article from Power Nation, right? And I think I heard something about this. Uh, this is going to pull up. Come on, pull up. Anyway, Ford to start selling vehicles without microchips. We'll install them later. Now, the giant microchip shortage has caused a gigantic ripple with the, within the automotive industry, among many others that rely on using semiconductors for, like, here's basically what it's going to come down to. They're short on microchips to, to get these cars going. So the ones that control, like, the air conditioning in the back and, the, like, the big SUVs and stuff like that, they're just not going to put them in. They're going to sell the car, and then they're going to put them in later. That's what they're going to do. Otherwise, they get all these cars just sitting in lots across the country, which I'm sure is going to be kind of a pain in the ass since they got them built. So that's what's going to happen. So if you buy a new Ford, you may not get the air conditioner in the back working. But you'll have your Ford. Oh, looks like that's all we got this week. Anyway, hopefully this will sound okay. It didn't sound good on my playback. Maybe I need to get a new sound card or something. I don't know. Anyway, that's what's going on. Things are okay here. Uh, check out the YouTube channel, TWK, Tracking with Kingfish. I want to see the World of Wheels in the Milwaukee edition. There's two versions up there, version one, version two. Everything's in version two. The first one is more centered around my car club. The second one is the whole show. So if you're into that, check it out. 
TWK, Trucking with Kingfish on YouTube. That being said, I got to get packed because I got to head out for work. Montana awaits, and I haven't checked the weather yet. Hopefully it'll be nice. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. Stay out of trouble. Don't kill your co-drivers. Especially my co-driver. Listen to that. Don't kill your co-driver. That guy is a nice guy. I'm directing this at my co-driver. He's a phenomenal driver, and he's a good person. Don't don't hurt that guy. I know him well. All right. Kingfish here. Stay out of trouble. Oh, we already did all that. Oh, uh, get over for tow trucks, emergency vehicles, and fire trucks, of course. And uh, check out the Hot Logic. There's a discount code on the 